0: All right well good morning everyone good morning so if uh if you are new here if you 've been coming for twenty years and this is your home, if this is your first time, if you 're joining online, I just want to say, welcome home. God is building a church like family here, and so you 're welcome here. this is a place to find family amen amen, amen. so we 're going uh, we 're going to get into the word today. It was funny last um Last week, I was, so this word, you know, I've known I've, I was going to preach for like a month. And so I've been thinking and praying about it and chatting with friends about it. And, um, and then last week, Justin's illustration, he gets up there and does a, you know, the tension illustration with ropes. And I was like, man, I could have used that. That's so creative. We're talking about a, a different tension today. And so, um, so we're going we're gonna to start with this. Raise your hand if you have seen God move in ways you can't deny to be supernatural. Raise a hand. It's okay if you haven't seen that, but let's raise a hand. So keep those up for a second. Raise your other hand if you've ever been disappointed by something you prayed for not happening the way you expected. Okay, so if you didn't raise any hands, look at all the double hands. (laughs) That's, right? Okay, so you can put them down so we're not doing exercise here. Um, There's tension there. Right, So there's like, God is good, and I've seen it, and I can't deny it, and I can't walk away from that. And then there is, well, there's things I don't understand, and things that didn't happen the way that I prayed for. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to be talking about John the Baptist, who experienced the same thing. Um, And so if that's where you've ever found yourself, just know you're in good company. Okay, Um, It's a hard topic to talk about. Um, And just know today, I'm going to present attention, and we're going to give some tools from Scripture on how to walk that out with Christ, but it's not going to be, here's your answer. Here's the answer for the, the areas that uh, you've been struggling to deal with. Um, that's something that God has to do inside of you um, to come to those conclusions, and that's not something that, you know, is, is just going to happen in, in one sermon. So I just want to preface it with that. Um, do I believe God can speak to you today to give you something solid? Absolutely. And I think for a lot of us that will happen today. Um, but I just want to present that. We're presenting attention and tools to use when we're experiencing doubt, when our foundations are, sh- are shaken. Amen? All right. So disillusionment, right? It's the idea that when when we expected something to happen a certain way and it didn't and it leaves us disappointed, confused, um, and, and like I said, our, our foundations shaken. You know, God, I thought, you know, this was going to happen, and it didn't. And it doesn't mean, like, what happened wasn't good, or maybe it wasn't. But there are times in our walk of faith where we, where we reach this point And, um, you know, disillusionment, where there's disappointment. Um, it's important to talk about, because what happens, and the reason this matters, I think, is if we don't have tools to walk through our disappointment and our disillusionment in our faith, there's a couple of directions we can go That aren't necessarily rooted in truth, and we want to be rooted in truth, right? Um, We could walk away from the Lord, because we don't understand, and we, we come to this conclusion that, well, if I don't understand, and I've sought, and I didn't find any answer, we can walk away. Right? That happens. We've probably all seen that happen at some point. Let's be honest about that. We've seen people do that. Maybe we've done that. And maybe we made a full circle. Or maybe we haven't yet and we're still questioning. Right? And then there's a whole other side where we wrestle with these topics and maybe we cling to something to hold on to that's like a life raft. But maybe it isn't true. Maybe it's not something rooted in in Scripture, in the the Word. Um, And so I couldn't think of a better a better story to talk about than John the Baptist in prison. And so we're going we're gonna to get into Matthew 11. You can open that up. We'll get there in a second. Um, so we're holding attention. Maybe you've wrestled with it. Maybe it hasn't bothered you. And that's, that's amazing if, that, if, if you've never had to wrestle with that. Um, but it's this reality, okay? Jesus, his message when he came, what did he preach? Matthew 4.17 says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? We're all familiar with that. That's Jesus' message. Repent, the kingdom is at hand. Okay, but I look outside, and it doesn't exactly look like heaven. I mean, there's elements of heaven out there in the world, and I've seen God move in powerful ways. So there's elements of heaven, and then there's elements of this world that just aren't yet. Right? Would anybody agree with that? Right? Yeah, let's, you know, that's, a, that's okay. And so in the like, academic and theological world, they call this concept the now and not yet. Okay, um, It's the reality that Jesus brought the kingdom, but the earth is in process of becoming more like heaven and it's not there yet. Right, and so this is like a consensus across the board that uh, of this topic for the kingdom of heaven. It's called now and not yet. You can you can write that down if you would like um, to hold on to. Um, and so, sorry, lost my place. Uh, so we're going to get into John the Baptist story. This is Matthew 11. So we're just gonna read this in chunks, and so I don't want to do—I don't want you to have to do the up and down thing a lot. Uh, we're gonna take a couple breaks in here, but uh, we're gonna start in Matthew 11, verse 1. When Jesus had finished finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him. Are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? Okay, so John the Baptist here, he's in prison and he's sending his disciples to Jesus to say, are you the Messiah? Are you the one or are we looking for something else? Now, a background on John the Baptist, John the Baptist already knew that he was the Messiah. He already knew. And so he's experiencing something here that I think all of us have experienced at some point. A shaking in his foundation, a, a, a doubt, a, a question. Um, and in the story, we see later in Matthew 14, in the story, it's pretty clear why he's experiencing that. He's been um, arrested, and then we find out he's going to eventually be beheaded, right? Um, so he's experiencing the shaking in his foundation. So, um, Experiences and circumstances shook the foundations of his beliefs. But let's be clear, this is a man who knew his calling in specific detail. When you read Luke 3, you see a man with clear focus, pursuing the calling of God over his life and faithfully carrying it out. He baptized Jesus and he knew he was the Messiah. Now, because of this shaking, the circumstance that he's in, he questions if another one who is greater to come. So our our first thing that I want to point out here. Um, is that when your foundation is shaken, it does not mean that Christ is going to reject you or you are rejected. So tool number one to take, when you are going through doubt, when you are going through seasons where you don't understand, where you're disappointed, where you're disillusioned, number one, right off the bat, a shaking foundation does not mean that God is going to reject you okay? Let's grab a hold of that. Just, you know, many of us think like, well, if I start to doubt, it means I don't believe. And if I don't believe, I don't belong to God anymore. And so I can't even talk to God about what I don't believe or I'm struggling with. Couldn't be further from the truth. Couldn't be further from the truth. What Jesus actually wants is for us to bring those things to him in our doubts, in our questions, in our disappointments. Bring your doubts, disappointments, and questions back to the Lord, Amen? So the shaking of your foundations, of your foundation through seasons of your life, it's not a threat to Christ. It's not like everything he's doing is ruined because you had a doubt, right? Um, It's interesting with John the Baptist too, and I think this is a, a perfect example for us to learn from because John, we'll get into this a little bit later, but John's the greatest prophet of the Old Testament era. Jesus says that himself in this passage. Right? And so this is a man that fulfilled his calling. He did exactly what God wanted him to do. It didn't look like what he thought it would look like. That's where the tension comes in. But he did fulfill his calling. All right. So back to uh, Matthew 11, verse 4. Jesus answered them. So Jesus is speaking to the disciples that came and brought John the Baptist's question. Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have the good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended at me. So this is really interesting. John, I'm going to back up a little bit. John identifies himself as the voice in the wilderness. Okay? Um, That comes from Isaiah 40, right? And so at some point, John, as he's growing up, he reads in Isaiah 40 about the voice crying in the wilderness, make straight paths for the Lord. He reads that and he identifies with that, and the Lord says, This is you. This is who you are, right? And so he claims that, and that's who he is well, what is that way being prepared for? Well, his entire people group for thousands of years is looking for a Messiah. We know that, right? They're looking for a savior. And Isaiah 61 is where the, the you know, it's like the, the messianic scripture. The whole thing is about like the mission of the Messiah. Okay? When you look at Isaiah 61, let's see if we can pull that up. This is really interesting, the way Jesus responds. And I want us to, to catch this because Jesus leaves out something very important. I was talking to Tom about this this week. Um, and it's just funny the way Jesus lays this out. It's Isaiah 61. So this is what Jesus is kind of referring to. You know, He says, the, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Okay, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. So Jesus is saying, yes, I am the Messiah, and all these miracles are happening. And he's referencing this messianic scripture. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound and to pro- proclaim the year of the lord's favor. This is so me and Tom laughed about this this week when we were talking about this because Jesus references this messianic scripture and then conveniently leaves out the part where it says the prisoners are going to be loosed while John's in prison. In his response to him, that's what he says. He leaves that part out, and in replace of that, what does he say? Blessed is he who was not offended at me. Just let that soak in for a second. So he's referencing the Messianic Scripture about what the Messiah is going to do. He leaves out this part that specifically correlates to John's circumstance. And instead of that, he says, Blessed is he who's not offended at me. Okay? That one line right there, I'd say, hold on to, to that. That's like the core of today's today's message when we're going through stuff. You know, John was in this position where, well, the Messiah is supposed to set people free and I'm bound. So it's either coming or he's not the Messiah. And that's just not. That's not what Jesus had to say. Really, what Jesus is saying is, John, I am the Messiah, and you're not getting out. He's kind of saying both of those at the same time. Circumstance does not determine God's blessing on your life. Tool number two, hold this. Grab this. Think about it when you're going through things that are disappointing or you don't understand Your circumstance or your experiences does not determine whether God is blessing you or not, okay? God's blessing on your life is his presence, his truth put into you to transform the inside of you. It doesn't always look like physical, material blessing on the outside. The things that you thought would happen, the things that you thought you would get, you know, the... The housing circumstance, or the cancer that we prayed for, or all of these things, God loves to move in the natural, and we can't deny that. This is the tension, right? We can't deny that. We've seen it many, many times. We're going to even go through some testimonies that have happened at the end in our own church. But also, those things happening doesn't mean you're not blessed by God when those things don't work out, right? Tool number two, hold on to that. Just because your circumstance doesn't match what you think God wants for you doesn't mean you're not blessed, incredibly blessed. Amen? That can be hard to to receive and to process through. I get that. But we've got to get it out there because that's the truth. The truth is that God is blessing us. He's given us so much blessing. Sometimes that breaks out into the natural. We've, We've experienced that before. But sometimes it doesn't, and it doesn't mean that um, I've failed in some way, or, or God's let me down in some way. Here's just something fun to think about. We, we generally associate, like, all the good things that happen with God and then all the bad things that happen with either, like, sin, the world, and the devil. The next time something really, really good happens in your life, ask this question to God, Did you do that? Was that actually you? Was it luck? Was it a person? Was it actually God intervening in my circumstance? Right? Lots of things are good, but God God does specific things, right? And so I think it's just a good, healthy question to be asking. um, Just to start to try to glean the heart of God for how he's moving in our lives, right? So back to, to Matthew 11, verse 7. All right, so Jesus has just responded to these disciples that came from John to bring this message, right? The the kingdom things are happening. People are being healed and saved. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Uh, Blessed is he who is not offended in me. So that's the response to John, to, you know, bring this word back to John. Now, in verse 7, as they went away, those disciples, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John the Baptist, speaking to the multitudes around him. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What, de- what then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing's, clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he who, it, who of whom it was written, Behold, I will send my messenger before your face who will prepare the way for the Lord. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. All right, so, so Jesus replies to the disciples that asked, and they uh, asked them this question, and Jesus brings clarity for John, okay? Okay. Then he addresses the crowd and he, inf- he affirms in front of everyone that John was indeed a prophet, but not just any prophet, the greatest prophet in the entire era of the Old Testament. We find him in the New Testament, but you know, the New Covenant hasn't been established yet. The resurrection hasn't happened yet at this point. So greater, how is he greater than Moses? Moses parted the Red Sea. How is he greater than, than Jacob or Abraham? How is he? But he declares that he is right? So what he's saying to the crowd here is that that John has fulfilled his purpose. Like he is the voice in the wilderness. He has prepared the way. He fulfilled his calling. The thing that God wanted him to do, John the Baptist accomplished it. He did it faithfully. He did it with integrity. He finished the task. And he says that, you know, what did you guys go out there to see? You went out to see a prophet and you found one. He was one, right? Circumstances and doubt, when you're experiencing those, they do not mean that you have failed in your calling. And this is tool number three that I think is really important. When you, you know, John is in prison, he's experiencing this, you know, bringing this question to Jesus Are you even the Messiah? Are we looking for somebody else? He's bringing that to Jesus, but Jesus is replying, saying, You know, don't be offended at me. And then he speaks to the crowd. And he says, this guy fulfilled his calling. Jesus is not afraid of your doubts and your disappointments. He's not afraid of that. And you're not, like, you can bring those things to him, and it doesn't mean you're a failure and, um, you know, shame on you for, for not believing for a minute and for, for having a doubt, having a question that you really want answered. Um, it doesn't mean that the purpose God has for you has failed just because you experience a season like this. And I'd actually say that experiencing seasons like this and coming out on the other side, still a faithful believer, at some point, um, man, that's where the good stuff is. Because then you've been tested, you've been tried, right? And then it came out gold. What you had was proved to be gold. Amen? Tool number three, circumstance and doubt does not mean you failed in your calling. So what do we do with this tension? What do we do, right? So like God's done a lot of really good things and there's questions and disappointments that I'd have. So like if you were ever finding yourself in this place, one, this seems so simple and like an answer that you could give to a lot of questions. Seek the Lord. Seek him, but specifically with the questions and the doubts and the disappointments that you have. John knew, well, if I'm gonna find an answer to my question, I gotta send people to talk to Jesus. Number one, seek the Lord. Bring those things to him. Understand, number two, understand that a shaken foundation is not the end of your faith. It's not to our shame and it's not, it's not a place to find you know, guilt and shame and condemnation. Just because your foundation has been shaken, it does not mean that it's the end for you. Are we grabbing that? Like that's that's so important, right? That that you know. Okay, I've I've come to church for 20 years. God saved me for a long time. I'm I'm in ministry, man. Then I go through something really hard, and I've been a Christian for so long. Is this the the end of my faith? And I'm going to tell you, no, no, it's not. No, it's not the end of your faith. God can see you through that. It's something you haven't experienced yet, so it's really difficult and it's scary, and it's okay that it's scary. It's okay that um, you feel like everything's been turned upside down, but it's not the end, and Jesus doesn't think it's the end, right? He didn't say that about John the Baptist. In fact, he said he was faithful. He said that he did his job, right? Next, we understand that Jesus will respond just sometimes not in the way we hoped. That even happened for Jesus. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless my you know your will not mine be done. Right? John you're not getting out of prison. Right? This this 12 disciples. 10 of them are martyred, one commits suicide and the other one hides away on an island in a cave. That was not what they hoped. <laughs> that was not what their flesh wanted to happen with the rest of their life. But they were faithful to the truth because they knew it was true. They found something worth dying for. right? So they faced hard things for it. This specific tension creates an opportunity. We get the opportunity to decide how devoted and given to Christ we are. And so... These situations, they present to us questions that are really important for us to bring to our our prayer time and to to hash out with God. Question number one, is he king or isn't he? And, And obviously we would like to say, oh, just the answer is yes, yes, he's king. Is he king still in my life with the thing that I wanted him to respond to and he didn't? really get really specific with this you know that question is he king or isn't he question 2 is he lord or is he just my convenient friend okay and this is i, I think uh, man it's just really important for us to to face that right he's lord he's king he's the creator he's savior he's messiah he's not just a convenient friend that 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 comforts me in, and he does, right? We know it, that he does comfort us, that he does bring us clarity, that he does bless us and help us. At the same time, when things don't go our way, is he Lord or just my convenient friend? The last one, am I willing to follow when I don't understand? When I don't understand why God didn't do that. And like sometimes, God answers the prayer that you prayed for somebody else and you didn't get that answer, and you're supposed to be happy that that happened over there. You, right? Ever seen that? Probably a dozen times? Right? That's, uh, you know, and it, it presents this tension for us, but it's a challenge. It's, it's a challenge. Is he Lord, or did I just try to get something from him? Right? And that's a good thing to be challenged with. What I believe God wants to see and build in us is a church with one foot in heaven and one foot on earth, always contending for the kingdom, always, right? I'm a, I'm a charismatic for a reason. I have seen God do crazy things. I will never deny that. My whole life foundation is now built on that because of what I've seen, right? While dealing honestly And compassionately with the realities of the world that's under the dominion of darkness. In that processing, we gotta trust that He's good and that we haven't seen it all or the full picture. That's our tension right there that we need to hold on to. I will always contend for what God has done and what He wants to do. His heart is perfectly good, all His ways are perfect. He's going to continue to do crazy things. Also, there's things I don't understand, some things that I even don't like, but it doesn't change the fact that he is good and he's going to continually be perfectly good. Right? So, to to close today, we're going to have some of the worship team come back up and we're going to sing a song and I just want to, I'm going to start this by sharing some testimonies that have happened in the last... Six months here uh, that that we've heard of. This isn't exhaustive. This is just a list that we came up with during staff meeting this week. And uh, fun stuff, diverse stuff. God is moving in our church, He's doing amazing things. Amen? Right? What is Jesus' response to John? The first thing, He says back to those disciples Go tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, right? Kingdom work is happening, good things are happening. Maybe you haven't seen them because they're happening to other members of the church, but they're happening. And so the goal here is I'm going to share these testimonies that we have. Um, and this, like I said, it's not exhaustive, but I'm going to share them. Um, and we're going to sing a song. And I would just challenge you: Hey, if this isn't where you're at, just praise the Lord for the amazing thing, that, things that God's doing. If this is where you're at, challenge yourself. Ask some of those hard questions. Are you willing to follow? Are you willing to follow when things don't work out the way? that we thought that they would. Right? Um, God is still doing kingdom work. He's still building the kingdom of God. He's doing miracles. He's doing these things. They're still happening. So, um, first one, this is kind of a funny one. Taste returning from COVID. <laughs> we had, it was sad. who still lost their taste though? Like there's a couple. Yeah. Right. There's a couple. Um, Man, prayed for that, and, 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 it, and it just disappeared. Um, a, uh, men praying for the men's retreat, and a big fi- financial donation came in because it's it's an expensive endeavor. Finances came in, praise the Lord. Somebody donated specifically for that because they felt God moved their heart, right? Uh, someone with a history of skin cancer. Newest test for a really concerned area came back negative, and they thought it was... Of progressive skin cancer that's amazing right uh pastor steve's wife janelle the baby flipped that was like amazing that uh the baby was upside down and guess who prayed for that one the youth group laid hands on right um, amazing we shared this one was it last week or the week before russ wheeler with the knee healing right amazing that that god did that praise the lord um Housing situations. Some of us are still going through that and don't have answers yet. But we've also seen miracles in housing situations right now. And if you're looking at that at all, you know it's crazy right now. So seeing God move in the midst of housing issues right now is amazing. And it's so encouraging. Okay? Uh, Zach shared this one. uh, Healing of an eye during worship practice. I don't know if you've shared this one before, but maybe... um, but just somebody, man, I can't see out of my eye. <laughs> just out of the blue. And praying over it, stopping practice, worship practice to go pray for that because that's what the family of God does and they do it not expecting anything to happen. Well, I guess we're supposed to pray for it. And it happens. I can see. Uh, what? That's, <laughs> that's amazing. And then uh, this this last one, God's faithfulness through the ages, meeting needs through Every struggle and hardship, you know, is like seeing God faithful for the long haul. And that, I believe, is just, that's amazing, right? Seeing God do things here and there instantaneously, but somebody having a testimony saying, God's been faithful to me through all of my hardships. And there were a lot of hardships, but he was faithful for 25 years. And he's going to continue to be faithful for another 25. Amen? So I'm just gonna give this over to them and we're gonna sing. I just wanna remind us that Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. You will. It is unavoidable. It would be, honestly, I I believe it would be silly for us to try to, to, to deny that. Take heart. I've overcome the world. There's something that Jesus can give you that is stronger to see you through the trials of this life. Amen? Let's let's worship together